I got enough requests from people that wanted a rap that I decided, you know, what the heck, I'll go through and, and you know, try to produce one for you guys. So it's now on the website. I'll leave a link in the show notes, but it's a training for ultra rap. I always, pretty much every race, I'll have a wrap on my wrist or one around my neck. And they're just so versatile and lightweight and easy to use that... Um, I mean, I highly recommend everyone use one during a race, but now, you know, I have one with the Train for Ultra logo just per your guys' requests. So it's 10 bucks flat, you know, no shipping costs for the United States. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to finally get it put together and out there. And same with the Audible um, and iTunes audiobook. You know, I wasn't initially really thinking that, but I just got so many requests that I said, what the heck, I'll um, record an audiobook. So enjoy this episode, and yeah, thanks for checking out the new rap. Hi, this is Maggie Gattaro with the Training for Ultra podcast. Today we have some gear leaders on the line for you, as well as talking to yours truly about enduring a lot of jeers. And that was a moment I, I can look back on now. And uh, that was one of my favorite moments, getting a foot massage by Hayden at mile 62. This is um, a fan of yours, and I'm just calling in to express my admiration. It's Dean Carnassus, the ultra marathon man. Hello, listeners. This is Chris Mako, and we are live. And you're listening to Training for Ultra podcast. This is Anime Flynn, and I'm here talking to Training for Ultra podcast. Yeah, it's like really, I just need to catch up with Rob. 100 miles is not that far. <laughs> I, I thought oh. it was a joke, actually. It, it is. I thought it was one of your jokes, yeah. It is a joke. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so classic. Oh my God, because literally thing would be like beep, beep, beep. Mother, mother, beep. Mother, mother, beep, beep. Mother, beep, mother, beep, 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 beep. One, two, one, two, three, four. <laughs> Training for Ultra Podcast. I'm Sally McRae, also known as Yellow Runner. Hey, this is Carl Meltzer, the Speed Goat, and I want to welcome everybody to the Training for Ultra Podcast. Welcome to episode 113 of the Training for Ultra Podcast. My name is Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra, and I'm really excited to have Maggie Guterall on. She just won a giant race. You know, I thought it was almost a historic moment. You know, it was a last man standing race, probably one of the, I mean, Laz was the one who basically invented the format. We'll hear more about the details from Maggie, but you know, it was an exciting moment for our sport for, um, you know, a female to be the last man standing, uh, winner. And yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated with the format myself. I have been, probably for at least over a year now. And now that the triple crown of 200s is behind me, I'm going to try to explore the um, the race format. I think it actually plays my strengths, being able to run you know, really well at the latter parts of races and finally learning how to deal with sleep deprivation. But yeah, I'm just really proud of Maggie. She's been on, you know, we've been friends for quite some time. I remember we worked together on the Waterwell um, fundraiser project, and she's done awesome things. And this is just hopefully the beginning for her. She's obviously well known prior to this, but I think this really put her on the map. 
So it was an awesome, awesome performance. And I'm excited to hear kind of a different take on it, having her two crew kind of give some background because things get sketchy after days of running. But I'm I'm officially going to try that format like right out of the gates for 2020. Uh, Across the years has a last person standing format. It's slightly different than um, Big's Backyard. So we'll we'll see how that goes. That's one mile every 15 minutes. So the advantage, I think, to Laz's race is that if you're a little bit quicker, you can get in with, I think Maggie said, you know, 15 minutes roughly every loop. So that's enough time for actual sleep and refueling and whatnot, where every 15 minutes, I mean, I've gotten good at quick naps, but man, there's really no room for for much sleep. So hallucinations and sleep deprivation are going to be, you know, big at across the years. I've allowed um, 100 hours of racing. I don't think that's going to be possible just because of the sleep deprivation factor. I think anyone running that format for 60 hours is going to be yeah, almost like a John Kelly type performance at Barkley. Um, but yeah, both, I mean, it's another race I'm interested in. I think Laz's races for some reason, I mean, they've always been in um, the back of my mind, but for 2020 and 2021, we'll see. I don't even know how to apply to all these races really, but it's a fun episode and, and Maggie, yeah, just a historic moment for ultra running. So it's an honor to have her on the episode. Real quick shout out to Hammer Nutrition, you know, really excited, you know, to be working with them. They've been a big supporter. Thank you to Sufferfest Beer and uh, Exoskin. If you haven't tried out Exoskin, you know, I'm always wearing those base layers. I really like the compression after the fact. I don't actually wear the compression bottoms like during races. It's more post and yeah, calf sleeves toe socks obviously i wear um pretty much every race but yeah t the number four u 20 for 20 percent off exoskin and the three of them are are becoming really great supporters of the amazon tv show you know the the one ryan clayton and i are putting together so just really appreciate them destination trail candace burt crystal you know they've they have an awesome team they have awesome races and uh They've been supporters in Ultimate Direction. The Mountain 4.0 vest got me through the Triple Crown, so appreciate their support. But enjoy the episode. Thank you to the new Patreon supporters. You know, had quite a few of them recently, and really enjoy you know those behind the scenes chats, and it's just awesome. Like it, it makes it all work. So thank you guys. Truly appreciate it. Enjoy the episode. Who else do we have on the line, Maggie? We have Gina Fiorini and Jen Coker in also in Colorado. Oh, cool! And they they are they're my crew, my awesome crew, but also the official Bigs Backyard cheerleaders. <laughs> Welcome, guys! Also. Hi, thank you. So, Maggie, you had a, a a pretty big event here. Do you want to set the stage for the listener? I just I'm interested in this event. Honestly, I need to learn how to sign up for it. Can you give some background on what it is, where it is? Sort of kind of like the 101. Yeah. 
Well, it's a it's a last man standing race, but this kind of spawned this whole backyard ultra movement. Um, Laz created it. He's the creator of Barkley Marathons. So it started with Big's Backyard, and now there's a bunch all over the world, all over the country. Um, and the premise is it's a 4.16667-mile loop that you have to complete every hour on the hour. You can take as much time as you want to complete it, but you need to be back in the starting corral at the start of the next hour or you're out. Um, so it could potentially end after 12 hours or it could be, you know, you know, whatever. They went to 67 hours last year. And it's just a fun event. You can, anyone can sign up. I think you can just go and register when it opens. But he's kind of selective on who he'll take because he wants it to kind of be like the world championship of, of backyard, backyard ultras. So he'll take a few from uh, golden tickets, like uh, across the country and the, and the world. And then he'll take some based on resumes and stuff. Um, but anyone can sign up and try to try to get in or they could do another backyard somewhere else. Uh, there's like a whole list of them on that Facebook group. And it's just like a fun event because you run with so many people because everyone, there's no reason to run super fast. So you could run with like someone who's really much faster than you and get like a, you know, you could spend a day talking to them. And it's like a really fun community. Cause like, I feel like Jen and Gina could tell you how much shenanigans goes on at camp when, before everyone gets too tired, but it's just like a really unique event. I mean, I, I definitely want to check it out. So why the four, what is it? 4.166 like repeating. Is that correct? Yep, it's uh, that's so that you have 100 miles every 24 hours. Oh, okay. I think that's yeah. that's sort of like genius in a sense. Uh, honestly, I've never cracked 100 miles in 24 hours before. Where? I mean, not to just be totally random here. Like, where? Where is this taking place? What's What's the weather like? Is this a typical uh, event? Because you've been there a few years now, and just tell me how you were feeling going into the race when you decided to reach out to Jen and Gina to get them um, on board and just walk me through, like, I don't know, getting to the start line, essentially. Well, um, it's in Bellbuckle, Tennessee, so it's like pretty random, but the closest airport's Nashville. And Gina's been there, like, a, I don't know, do you go every year? I feel like you go every year. <laughs> I've I've been there. I've crewed it five times now. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That's see? awesome. See, I know what I was doing when I asked Gina to help you me. You called in a pro. Like, <laughs> I know. Um, but, like, I really wanted to win it. So, you know, I was like, all right, I can't fuck around and have, like, <laughs> you know, someone who's never run, like, more than a 50K come help me out or something. Like, so I asked Gina to help me. And then, um, you know, I was coming with Amelia, and she didn't have anyone. So Gina said, well, let me get my friend Jen to come as well and then you know we formed this like amazing team so jen are um, you a runner too i am i've been running ultras for about 10 years now so and i, I love crewing maggie like did you just fly in and go right to the start line or did you get there early and try to relax because this is a taxing event physically you know mentally emotionally yeah, uh, I got there early because, um, like, I worked, like, 20 days in a row before I got there. Um, I had, like, the weekend before off, and then I left that Wednesday. So I had, like, you know, two full days. It was, like, 
get supplies and chill. Um, but like Jen and Gina showed up like right before. <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect. Honestly, like having done a few two hundreds, like getting there and at least having one day to chill out, I think makes a really big difference. But, um, so yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, Jen and Gina did an awesome job really not knowing me that well. So like, um, like it, I mean, I don't, I'm not like a spreadsheet person. So I really just showed them what my stuff was and I kind of knew what I was going to do for nutrition. And like, I don't know, they turned it into this like super efficient NASCAR pit every time I came in, like, especially in day two and three, like when it started to matter more, <laughs> Yeah, it was insane. Yeah. I mean, when and, they, and, and they had time to jeer right before each lap, most laps, <laughs> not every lap. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, do you need us to explain what that is to you? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Go for it. (laughs) I think think, like diehards who followed along kind of knew about the cheerleaders. Like there's like Sandra, Lazen's wife is doing a lot of like live feed stuff. But like, so they're basically like cheerleaders, but it's jeers. So it's telling you you're going to fail. So like 20 seconds before each lap, they would do like a jeer. And I maybe they'll do an example for you at some point. Um, But like... It's pretty funny, and it's actually pretty entertaining. No one's more entertained than Laz, that's for sure. You just have to watch it see. <laughs> After each year. <laughs> it, it was, we, we, try, we tried to be uplifting,ly demotivational, if that makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, Jen, let's hear your, your best jeer, and then Gina, I need to hear these. Like, I need an example. Oh. I'm, I'm ready for it. Tell me, uh, tell me about the podcast that we're doing right now. Okay. I can, um, let's see. Go ahead. Dina, do you want to do yours first or me? Oh, go, go for it. I'm looking, I'm looking at a, a couple of them that we wrote just because I have to think back and remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so I guess one of my favorite ones, um, it was Q U I T. Just quit now and you'll be free. Q U I T. Just quit now. Come drink with me. So, that's, yeah. that's a good one. We had, we had pom poms and everything. <laughs> we did. I, I think my favorite one was the one where we were saying, "If you're hurting and you know it, just drop out. <laughs> if you're hurting and you know it, just drop out." If you're hurting and you know it, then you're probably going to blow it. If you're hurting and you know it, just drop out. <laughs> that was a crowd favorite. Like that, <laughs> that was a crowd favorite, yeah. So are those required of your crew? Is that what Laz does, or is this optional? No, or? no I just happen to have the cheerleaders as my crew. <laughs> oh, I think, I think okay. La- year it was kind of a spur of the moment thing that Laz's daughters came up with to do and then well actually it was it was Laz really because somehow I was there and his daughters were there and Amy and um Chris and he said oh you know my daughters used to be cheerleaders and what we should do is demotivate the runners because that's you know what we do here at Big Backyard, and so he's like, we should have jeers instead of cheers, and then it just snowballed into Amy and Chris writing a bunch of them, and we started doing them, and all of a sudden, people in the crowd just loved it, and then he was like, we got to do this again next year. So, lo and behold, 
his daughters couldn't make his it daughter. this year. I came back and we brought Jen in. It's like typical and Laz. I was a cheerleader. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, typical I like, like Laz. Nina was like all on her own at one point. <laughs> there was like no one else. It was like, like it was just it was just raining. Like no one was out there. <laughs> did you, did you have pom poms? You said it's just like you pom poms and like a, a six pack. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Maggie, tell me about. Um, uh, well, actually, I, I I have a question for Gene and Jen. Like, were you guys feeling the pressure because you are crewing for two? Just absolutely phenomenal female runners. Uh, this race has a history, you know. No woman's ever been the last man standing. Like it's, you know, you're you're sitting there. You have like a historic moment. Like, are you feeling the pressure, or are you just having fun? It sounds like probably erring on the side of having fun and getting the job done. Yeah, I'd definitely say it's a little bit of both. Um, especially yeah. when Maggie first texted me and said, I really want to win this. And it's like, oh, I really can't fuck this up. You know, like yeah. I have to make sure that I don't make any mistakes. And, you know, it's especially not knowing the runner super well. It's it's hard to sometimes judge how to motivate them or, you know, if they're in a really low point, what do you do to make sure they keep going and I don't, I mean, if Maggie had low points, I don't feel as if she ever let on because she seemed like she was in a great mood the entire time and it was so much fun to crew her. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I didn't, um, I didn't know. I mean, I tend to let pressure kind of roll off my back and stress roll off my back as it is. And so I started out the day, you know, feeling, you know, this is cool, this is good, we got this, no problem. And then, you know, at some point, Maggie came in, and we asked her how she was feeling, and she just kind of looked off into space, and she said, I only see one outcome. And it gave me chills, and I thought, oh, my gosh, this is serious. We've got to... Wait, so, so she, she called it. feeling a little more pressure. Oh, yeah. Oh, she, no. she pulled a Babe she Ruth. Some, she pulled a Babe Ruth. She, from she the pointed to the... Out- yeah. Wow. Maggie, where were you mentally yeah, Matt, before well, no, the start? I mean, were you were you confident? I was the most calm and least nervous I've ever been before yeah. any race. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I never, it, it, you I never saw so any nerves. <laughs> yeah, like, but I also felt like I don't know. I mean, I don't know you guys, and I literally just met Jen. You know, when she showed up Friday, but I was like, you know crew won't make or break the race like we're gonna I kind of know what I need to eat and like everything will be fine but like I had no idea the the crazy role they'd play like my you know obviously there was my my goal was like to stretch between laps which I did none of that last year so that my legs could actually keep moving like obviously your mind can be on board but if your body is like a piece of useless crap like because you're not taking care of it then what good is that but like they were coming out with things like I don't know, like my knee was started to get swollen after like 25 miles. And like, they just kept just like, okay, we'll do this. And like, instead of like, I don't know, I would have been like, oh, I don't know, ibuprofen. (laughs) Uh, I don't know, stretch it. 
uh, Jen whipped out a TENS unit at one point. You know, there's like a little electrodes that you put on, like when you go to like the chiropractor. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I mean, Amelia brought a suitcase full of like bright, vibrating toys that like do, you know, like Baragon and a hypervolt and oh, like God. vibrating balls. Like it was insane. So if like, there's anything, I, yeah, it was crazy. This episode just had to be marked explicit. Ugh, Maggie. Gina's like piercing my blisters and like Jen was like digging into my psoas with like this vibrating ball and like Annie who we inherited who's like awesome who's crewing Troy Allen she was like doing something like taping or trying to feed me somebody's trying to feed me chips while like this is all happening I was like <laughs> what is going on but we were like in and out and like so quick like and I was getting eight minute naps in at nighttime. Like, it was okay. insane. That's really weird that you say that. Because, in, and I have video evidence of this. I've concluded seven minute naps are like my like ideal time. Why, why eight minutes for you? Was that just what you had left after all of this? Or did you find that that actually helped you? Yeah. Well, I was coming in with like, I don't know what, like 13 minutes. And so I lay down for eight and then five, we would do what we needed to do. Okay. Um, and then I would go back out. That's just how it. So it just yeah, worked so out like, that way. Know. So yeah. I've, I've found like I initially I was out in the middle of nowhere, exhausted. I'd set my phone alarm for, I don't know, like 20 minutes or whatever. And I just, I go to bed and I, out of the blue, I just like jump straight up, like awake, um, and I'd look at my my phone, and I'd have 13 minutes remaining. So I did this a few times. It was really weird, and I found that seven minutes for me personally was like ideal. Um, so it's it's really weird that you kind of nailed exactly at least what I've discovered myself um, from like a totally different perspective as like the ideal hit rem. And did you dream during any of these sleep breaks? No. You no, didn't. I wasn't even okay. sure of sleeping, but Gina said yeah. I probably was. <laughs> no, that's was like, that's like first level. I never woke yeah. up like refreshed. Like right, I never right. felt. I still felt groggy, but I think that the cumulative whatever naps worked by day three. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, day three, you just said it, and <laughs> you're still going on little tiny cat naps. Um, well, I also, I mean, I got so I'm like not. I'm not like an expert with sleep deprivation. And that's partly why I thought Gina would be a good crew too, is because she's like done some crazy shit. Um, she did like euphoria, which I don't know how long that took you. Like how long was that? Uh, 106 and a half hours. <laughs> and like what, how much sleep? Was this like a, a DARPA program or something? What? What is this? <laughs> um, it's a it's a race in Andorra, and it's a 233k, um, and it's run like all through the Pyrenees, and you have to do it with a partner, and you also it's all it's not marked, so you have to navigate through it, and so you have 110 hours to complete it, and it took us 106 and a half, I think like 106:31 to be exact, and I think we slept probably combined less than eight hours because we were doing we were doing 90 minutes a night um and then like 10 or 15 minute nap in the early morning just like kind of when we were really tired and moving slowly yeah so um i've done that and then i did 
just this thing on my own a few years ago where I did one mile an hour on the hour for a hundred hours. And so like, you'll never sleep more than, you know, 15 minutes in in any given hour. So it's kind of cool to play with um, how you work through sleep deprivation in my mind. So I thought that was kind of fun. So like with that experience, what did you think of what Maggie was doing? Like, it seems like, I don't know. I, I think the eight minute naps are key. Like that's, you actually can hit some REM and that's how your muscles kind of reset. I mean, Maggie, were your muscles resetting after these naps at all? Um, did you feel any different? Feel any worse. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I held off caffeine as long as possible. And like, I just, I just spent two nights feeling like trying to keep myself awake the whole time. So I don't know. I don't know. Like, and Gina, you know, what did you I think? Courtney talks about like, waking up refreshed like after two minute naps but it never happened to me but. oh yeah oh it's the, <laughs> it's like honestly yeah. it's one of the most amazing things gina what did you think i think i think that yeah you maybe don't wake up refreshed but and even if you don't sleep i think just getting your brain to slow down a little bit where you have your eyes closed and you're kind of just not thinking gives you at least some sort of mental break from what you're doing and I think cumulatively it makes a difference after, you know, you've done it a couple times within an hour. So I know like initially I went to do um, Ronda Del Sims, which is a shorter distance than Euphoria, but in the same kind of mountain range area and time frame. And I tried to go through it without sleeping and I made it to like 52 hours and then just completely lost yeah. any ability touch, to touch with, rea- touch with reality. <laughs> And Um, so then the experiment of doing the one mile an hour on the hour where I was just taking these short little naps, I mean, yeah, there were points where I felt really tired, but I never mentally lost my mind. So I was like, this really does work. Yeah. I, I go 36 hours and then I'll take like an hour and a half, um, beyond 36, I start kind of actually seeing, uh, I slow down to the point where it's actually not efficient. So it's actually more efficient to stop for an hour. Um, Yeah. But that's, that's what makes this race that Maggie did so incredible. Like you don't get that reset solid hour, hour and a half. Um, So Maggie, last, last question before you start maybe talking more about the race, who texted you before the race? What did they say? Did you get any like awesome, words of encouragement from anyone um like kind of how did that how did that go down or Um, were you reaching out to people and asking advice i i don't know no i mean i talked to courtney briefly you know she was like one loop at a time which obviously is nice to have as a reminder but she did really well last year and i was there you know for like 183 miles of it until i had to stop but um, then I helped grew afterwards and I learned a lot. So, um, I don't know. It's a good, it's a good piece of advice, even though it sounds like, well, duh, but like it really helped on day three, just one little bit of time. Cause not even like, it wasn't even like, Oh, I want to quit or anything. I never wanted to, but I kept getting ahead of myself trying to think of how this is end and play these games in my mind about like, well, maybe it'll end like this, or maybe will this will happen. Or maybe will already stop. Maybe that's why I heard second, 
at one point I heard people cheer twice for a while. And I was like, did he stop and turn around? And I let myself keep thinking. And I'm like, yo, your legs are going to shut off if you think it's over. And then it turned out, like, I think Will went to the porta potty and then came back out. So everyone started cheering again. And that's what I heard. Oh, the false, so, like, the false start. <laughs> the false yeah, start that so then needs a re-cheer. Oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it's like, okay, one loop at a time. Just finish your stupid loop. Because, like, I was falling a lot on the third day, too. And, like, that's where it, like, really came in handy to be, like, just do the loop. <laughs> so, and like, let's, let's, I could do that. Cause I just came in at the end of each loop and like, like somebody would hold the door of, we had like a 10 by 10 tent at that point, everybody was in there each side and we had like tarps on each side and it was pouring rain and like, they would just open the door for me and I would just come in and we didn't even know, like, we didn't have to figure out what to do. Like we just kept doing the same thing every time. So like, you know, eat whatever, whatever is it it was like really efficient. Did, so did it ever feel like Groundhog's Day for you? Like, <laughs> um, Well, yeah, you're doing the same thing. But every day was different because it just felt different. It just felt like a different race each how, day. So how did each day change? So tell me, tell me like kind of, kind of a 30 second summary on like day one versus day two versus day three. And going into day one's kind of boring because you're just waiting, you know, everyone can get yeah. to a hundred. Like everyone there is capable of running a hundred. The trail's kind of crowded. You can't feel like you can't really go exactly your own pace and like, whatever, you're just kind of waiting for like carnage to happen and to begin like, and that's probably not until like maybe the first night and like, you know, you lose a couple people in the night, but like a lot of people made it to hundred. And so then the second day is when people start to like drop out. And I was definitely more tired the second day than the third day. So, you know, it just felt kind of tedious. Plus, you know, you still have a whole other night. Cause like I knew it was get, we're getting to 200 at least. Um, and then by day three, like it's, we're down to four people. So you feel like it's more like a race and it just becomes this like surreal experience where you're like, just literally like in a tunnel vision of loop at a time. So day, uh, day one, what was, what was the funniest conversation you had with Amelia Boone? Cause I'm sure you guys probably ran a, <laughs> quite a few miles together, right? I mean, your buddies. Um, yeah, I don't think she was joking too much. She wasn't feeling so great. Oh, <laughs> and really? Her heat started to get really bad. Yeah, like she isn't. She isn't. She never. She had never run a hundred miles before. Um, she's done like ninety miles in in twenty four hours with obstacles, but like her feet took a beating and her blisters were really bad. So when we came in each loop, I think Jen and Gina had to like take care of her feet because they were getting just worse and worse, and like all the humidity and oh, whatever. Sucks. So that was like. Yeah, it was like she was in a lot of pain um, and she had stomach issues and all that. But so we, we weren't like joking around a lot. Um, that sucks. I don't know. At night, she probably felt a little better be, to be on the road. Um, but then we just kind of put <laughs> in music and ran. It's so Plus back. kind of tired at that point. It's so backwards right? to feel good on the road. Uh, yeah. Um, I know. And so, I mean, how did your feet hold up for the first few days? Were you doing like just pretty, pretty classic good. foot lube, sock, shoe? Yeah, I was doing tons of trail toes. I feel like Amelia didn't put the trail toes on thick enough. So like you have to put on oh, pretty thick. Generous. And wet or generous. Yeah. 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 Pretty thick. Um, and then I use Drymax hiking socks because they're really thick. Yeah. Like not even the running socks. I use huh. the hiking socks and they work pretty well. 
Like, I got a couple of blisters, obviously. After a while, like, what are you going to do? But, like, which, they're pretty good. Which shoes do you wear? I wore, um, well, I wore the Lone Peaks the first day, but the Ultra Olympus the rest of the time on Thank the trail. You. And then the Ultra Duo. I, I think the Olympus is, like, the most underrated ultra shoe out there. That's what I, I ran the whole Triple Crown in. Like, it yeah. has just yeah, enough I mean, extra cushion. Like yeah, yeah. Um, well, so, the third day was wet, and that, they have the Vibram on the bottom of that, so it's kind of yeah. nice on the wet rocks. Exactly. So, Jen and Gina, how many socks, how many sock changes did you guys do over the course of this whole event? For ourselves? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if the jeering got out of control, like, maybe you needed to change socks? I don't know. No, for, for Maggie. Uh, I think we only, well, I think once, both nights we changed socks, and when she went out for her last, what ended up being the last loop, we had plans to change her socks on the next, when she came back in, but then she didn't have to Yeah, because it was still raining. Um, yeah, because it, once it started raining, it was like, what are we going to do? You're, you're going to be it. dry for, when you're in the tent, and that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we we changed. I think we changed most everything. That last transition was the, actually the smoothest one. <laughs> you finally, you, fi- we you finally so got it down. <laughs> we were so ready. Like uh, we were like, you know, I didn't change my shorts for sixty hours, which is disgusting. But like, <laughs> I was already soaked. So we changed the top half, and we're like, we'll take care of the bottom half when I come back, and like. We're just on it. Plus, it's the road loop. Like, I feel like it didn't. I wasn't worried about making it in time. So we were like so ready for the night. And yeah. like, wait, yeah. So I don't think either any of us knew Will wasn't even back yet. So like, Will ended up timing out on that last loop, which is the trail. You, you know, the trail loop is that last one you do in the dark because the sun sets, and it got pretty dark because it was raining. And we had no idea he wasn't back. <laughs> so we were all like ready for like, all right, we got it. We made it to the night. How? Yeah. I mean, we, we figured we made, we, they made it to the night loop. So we were going to go another 12 hours and Gina and I were listening for the whistles and I, it went, there were 10, they started counting down to 10 and that's when I realized he wasn't back. And I was like, whoa. I, I know I heard someone say like make make a like path like so if he you know was sprinting in he could get in and I was like wait a minute make a path is he not here and there's like 30 seconds and I'm kind of just looking like trying to look toward his tent or his kind of like his crew area and I'm like he's not here and then I'm like okay if he's not like sprinting in in the last 30 seconds there's no way he can make it. But then I was also like, wait, does she have to run another loop that he hasn't started? <laughs> so it's like kind of, yeah, I think, maybe confusing. also being tired. <laughs> like we're just standing there but like, we were, wait, did she just win? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we were very confused. <laughs> so Maggie, like, yeah. was, was that the point where you, you won or did you have to go out for one last loop? I can't remember the rules. Yeah, no, I, I, you only have to complete one more lap than the person, the second person. Okay. And so, I had already finished that lap. He didn't. So like. So after no the fact, you kind of like, wow. Yeah, it was like, oh, wait. So it was like slowly, it was like really anticlimactic. <laughs> 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 I 
Well, honestly, I mean, <laughs> it's maybe a good thing you didn't feel the pressure, you know? Like you were just in well, auto- autopilot. Last year, Johan said the last lap was the worst because his body knew it was over. And so he was like, barely thought he could get that last road loop in in time because it was lonely. And he was like, well, I've won, but now I'm just tired. <laughs> and so maybe I just like spared like some terrible death or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, how long do you think you could have kept going? And I got to confirm this with your crew. I mean, I don't, I, I can't, I could have made it through the night. And then I think it would have come down to who can survive the longest on the trail. Cause I mean, it took a lot of, it was mentally draining to focus on speed and keep that same pace through day three, day four. I can't even imagine like, so I don't know, like, I don't, I don't know, but I, I'm pretty confident I could have made it to 300 um, and then some trail loops. So that's as far as I can guess. Did you feel like, what was the exertion, like the effort level you were putting forth and then like, how did that compare to the, your actual mile times? I don't know if you had a GPS or not, but like, did you feel like you were working for a mile and then you looked and it was like actually only a 12 minute mile, but it felt like eight minute pace? Um, no, my physically the effort never felt harder. It just took more mental, uh, like focus to go the same pace. Like I was running at the last lap. I ran up all the hills, which normally you walk the hills. I ran up all of them. Cause I was like, I think I need to run them because the downhill and the trail is so wet and muddy and I did have to be careful. And like, so I did that and it it resulted in almost exactly the same lap time. So, but I ran more, but it didn't feel physically difficult. It just was like, well, I I need to run instead of walk. And like, yeah. So Gina and Jen outside perspective from Maggie's head, how long do you think she could have lasted? If she just kept going and going. I definitely feel through the night for sure. No problem. Wow. That's amazing. You know, I, I think the factor in the day loops would have been had it kept raining because they say it was getting really slick out there with the leaves and slick rocks and everything. So, but I think Maggie would have kept going as long as she had somebody pushing her which that's what it takes at Biggs. Yeah, that's awesome. Mag- yeah, yeah. I mean, Will Will is amazing because, like, I, I, read the, I, I got to talk to him a little after the race. Like, we had a breakfast, but I didn't really get to talk to him in, like, detail. But I read some articles, and he – it's crazy. So I always think that you can't really go far in this race once you think you can't win. But Will never thought he could win. <laughs> he just kept showing up at the start because <laughs> he didn't want the race to end by him quitting. So, like, he was basically just like, I am a, like, I am a pawn to get Maggie to go as far as this that we can go. Wow. Which is, like, That's crazy. freaking amazing. And yeah. it's like, I don't think I could have done that to myself. <laughs> I want to I experience this race so bad. Um, so bad. But... Let's see here. Maggie, what was kind of like your first thought when, you know, you were announced a winner? Like, what was literally like first thing that went through your head? Um, well, I can't believe it's over already. Darn. <laughs> You're like disappointed. The first thing out of your mouth was, don't I have to run another loop? <laughs> yeah. 
That was, I was confused. <laughs> yeah, we were all confused. And then, I mean, then I like realized it, but I mean, at the same time, I was kind of like, oh, that's not how I thought it was going to go. <laughs> I mean, I, I saw the news probably on Twitter or some social media, and I was just like, wow, that's historic what you just did. Like, um, and I was, I was just really excited. Um, and I think I immediately kind of, maybe without even thinking about it, kind of understood how historic the moment was. Um, I mean, tell me, like, after you've had some time to digest what you, you did, kind of like, what are your thoughts now that you know, you're the, the first female winner, the last man standing, like, it's, you're just like being crowned a complete badass right now. Um, and forever, honestly, because you're the first. I mean, how does it feel? Like, what what have you thought about post-race? Um, well, I mean, it's like a, the kind of format where you can't do it by yourself. So it's like, obviously, without, like, other people pushing you. Um, plus, I got really lucky with the crew department. So, like, I mean, I felt pretty relaxed. I think the whole race is enjoyable, even though, like, obviously there was low points, nothing like super major that I didn't feel like I could fight through. So like even being miserable and like tired, it was still like a really good experience. Um, but like, I don't know, I learned a lot and I'm, I, I'm excited to share what I've learned so that other people, like I learned a lot from Courtney and then like, she can learn some things from me and like Katie learned a lot. And so I feel like next year is going to be even more amazing and I think more females are going to be like, you know, there's four, there's two females in the top four. And I really feel like there's going to be like, Hey, I'm calling it. It's going to be final four females next year. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that'd be awesome. That'd be absolutely awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I've t- already reserved, reserved Gina and Jen. So sorry, everyone. <laughs> 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 So Gina and Jen, are you, are either of you planning to try to do this race at some point or do you just, I mean, you're probably so in the crew game there at this point. Um, I mean, tell me, have you guys thought about doing the race? Have you tried the race? I don't even know. Uh, I, I was I, entered Jen in signed it. up, right? I, I was entered oh, in 2017. Yeah. Um, and then I had to uh, withdraw because I a work travel conflicted with it. And so I, I couldn't, I couldn't make both happen. Um, but I, yeah, I, I'm not good enough. I'm nowhere near good enough to take a spot from somebody who is good enough for it. I'd rather, I'd rather take care of people. (laughs) And I think I'd rather definitely take care of people too. And also I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty stubborn and I'm good about doing long races where I just don't give up, but I just, I don't know, something about having to maintain that 4.16 miles an hour every hour. You can't have even a down hour or One else One bad loop. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I, and I feel like mentally that would be really difficult for me. And now that I've crewed it a bunch of times, it's just... I love being out there and crewing it. So now I'm like, well, if I was running, I would be, you know, upset I wasn't crewing. So I would just mentally quit anyway because I wanted to start crewing. 
Exactly. Maggie, um, what advice would you share with people that are thinking about having a go at this race? Because uh, my guess is it's going to be applicable to like pretty much all of ultra running. Um, but is there any like specific advice you'd give? I don't know if Courtney tunes in and listens to this. Like, what what kind of advice are you going to give her? Oh, I don't need to give Courtney advice, but if anyone else <laughs> wants to run it, like I definitely think more females should be like their ears should be perking up or something and they should try it. Cause like, I mean, I don't know. It's not, it's just a cool format. Cause like there is no gender. It doesn't matter. And like, um, I mean, honestly, if you, you have to have the training to back it up, but like just believing that you can, you can win it. Like you really have to convince yourself that you can, uh, like, that's all you need. I think, you know, um, obviously, like I said, you have to have all things go right, but like you can get through things that are like low points or whatever. Um, but I I don't know, like it's, it's just a really fun format and it's just a fun experience. Even if you only have like a few goals and maybe it's not to win, but it's to get to 250 or 300 miles. Like, I mean, you never know. What um what was your fastest loop and what was did you have any close call loops? Um, I don't know my fastest loop. It was probably something in the first night when I had like sixteen minutes or something or fifteen minutes if I even had that. They're all pretty steady. I think there isn't any real close calls. I think was there maybe one time yeah. I came in with like four or five minutes maybe. Yeah, that was. I think there was one where we had five or six minutes to get you going, but we we got it worked out you usually got to sleep for about usually five minutes or so and were you were you listening to music maggie or on the road loops at night on the road loops pretty boring but yeah the day you have to concentrate too much so i didn't listen to music during the day so were there still pinatas out there i'm trying to remember they're like (laughs) your your hallucinations from last year that we talked about i Think. Um, oh, and I saw like jack o' lanterns. Jack o' lanterns. Yeah. This yeah. year I saw way crazier stuff. Well, like, I can't have I an episode without asking. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I saw like day, the most real thing I saw was day three. I saw a boar in the woods. And then, like, the, the craziest thing that was messing with my head was the sound hallucinations. Like, I kept hearing growls. Yes. And then people whispering in my ear. Uh, but I don't know what they were saying. And it wasn't scary, but, like, it was just kind of, like, I kept turning around to see if anyone's there. Uh, and then, like, during the road, the road loop the second night, I kept seeing in the peripheral vision runners running alongside me, and I would turn, and there wouldn't be anyone there. Um, totally. But, yeah. you know, then I saw some, like, weird stuff that was just, like, you're looking at it, and you know it's fake, and you're like, whoa, that's cool, but it's fake. So, I don't know. And then I saw snow, actually. I was convinced it snowed. <laughs> it looked really, like, on the road. And I know it didn't snow, but it looked real. Any kind of, like, major, nat- I don't know, like, uh, historic discoveries out there? Like, Mayan ruins or... I, I swear I discovered, like, massive finds on every 200, but, you know, I could never find them oh. afterwards. I try to report no. them, but... So, so no, like... <laughs> rock carvings and all that kind of stuff? Uh, no. I saw a severed head. That wasn't that cool. 
Yeah, I was like on a post, like on a, I was like, oh, all right. But maybe because there is no haunted woods this year. Usually you run by these like haunted woods, although you don't see any of the scary things. But maybe my mind was like, we'll make our own haunted woods. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to describe the audio hallucinations or whatever those are called. Like, yeah, because you you never really hear people talk about them. Uh, But like a lot of times, at least for me, it's like, natural sounds like if you're at a park like your brain wants to register like normalcy or like someone running behind you like for whatever reason your brain's trying to like normalize this extreme situation um at yeah least, yeah it's weird i didn't know it was a thing until this year you so you've never had audio hallucinations prior no cool i've never run over two nights before oh it gets even weirder on the fourth night you got some you know next year next year you'll have some excitement um i'll get a third night next year hopefully um how do you keep pace like because i mean i don't know it's i think it's amazing that you're able to keep a steady pace and not have any down loops like did you have any tricks to keeping pace, um, especially beyond um, 150 miles? I mean, your legs can just get shot for an hour or two, and you got to go through the whole like system reset. Um. Well, like I said, they kept my legs pretty mobile um, with everything we're doing between loops. But I'm pretty good at pacing anyway. And then there's like different landmarks on the on the trail where you know you're going to have to be at. Like the V tree is the thing everyone like, you got to be at the V tree at 19 or 20 minutes. And then at the V tree, you come back, you should be at the V tree at like 40 minutes. So as long as you were like within a minute or two, like, well, I, a couple of times I was off by two minutes and I kind of sped up in between, but like, yeah, mostly it was, it was like just natural. Uh, obviously, like I said, the third day, you just had to focus more on it. Um, but yeah, I don't know what fourth day would have been like. I think it would have been really challenging. Uh, you're you're amazing, though. I mean, seriously, to keep that steady pace, I think it's unbelievable. Um, just real quick, and I appreciate all your guys' time. Like Jen and Gina, like let's start with Gina. Was was there a food that sh- uh, Maggie was craving like consistently, or was it changing each time she'd roll in? She'd say, "Give me some of." I don't know, Amelia's Pop-Tarts that she didn't eat or like, was it just all over the place or was it consistently like, I want chicken broth like every time? Um, I think it definitely changed a little bit. I mean, we had kind of some certain things that we would go to, but then she would say, oh, that doesn't taste good right now. Or like, I think there was, we made her grits or cream of wheat or something and the first time she's like, this is great. And the second time she's like, uh, I don't really want this right now. I was like, all right, we'll give you something else. And like, I still remember when we made the, the waffles, she came in and she's like, waffles. Like she was really excited about those. <laughs> Jen, was there any specific? Really good. That was a highlight. <laughs> Jen, was we there? Chicken and waffles specific? going at one point. Okay. And- what was that? Uh, Maggie, was was, was it, the- um, was it like, consistent for your first day, like, typical race, like, 100-mile type, 
foods and I know you, you really like tailwind. Like, was it kind of like normal foods for the first hundred? And then as you progressed, you moved away from that more towards real foods or like, how did that change over time over the course of three days? I don't think I had a huge variety. I think it stayed to the same, the same things. Um, mashed potatoes. Well, I started with pierogies, but then mashed potatoes, those cup of noodle type things, grits, a cream of wheat a couple times, and then potato soup. And I think that was like mainly the only things. Like, yeah. So not much. There were some Uncrustables at the beginning. Oh, yeah. A couple Uncrustables. Um, Interesting. Yeah, but other than that, like, the only other thing was, like, I'd waffles morning two, and morning three, I had a breakfast sandwich, an egg and cheese, that oh. Tim Dines brought us for from McDonald's. <laughs> I, I swear, like, unfortunately, I, I never eat fast food, but during races, like, I was sitting there with a 10-pack, a Taco Bell on my lap. Like, <laughs> it was just let yourself go. Like, you, you're you going to be at such a deficit eventually. Um, did you feel your body, like, shift in terms of metabolism after, like, a day and a half? Because I, I know personally, like, all of a sudden, I can literally, I can eat three cheeseburgers and just, like, yeah, metabolize it, basically. Uh, a couple of times in the first day, I would just go out with just water, but I couldn't do that anymore. So I would take like an endurance tap with me. There's those maple syrup thing mm-hmm. just for like extra boost of sugar. <laughs> so I mean, I wouldn't get like goes, too behind. Goes right in your, your blood and, and it's metabolized like at a certain point. So what else yeah. am I, what else am I missing? Did I miss any? I, I don't know, any major event during this race? I know I've picked your brain on it kind of endlessly here. Like, was there one event that sticks in your mind that you haven't shared yet? I don't know. It's pretty uneventful for the most part. We just kind of ran. I feel like best races. Dan and Gina had more events than I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there, there was a number of shenanigans while the, while the runners were out on their loops. We had... We had a, a loose dog event early on, and then um, oh, yeah, the, the cops showed the cops <laughs> showed up over over. Was that the second night? I think it was the second yeah. night. The cops showed up. Yeah, they had. Um, there, were, there were two cop events. Oh yeah, two. There was somebody who. One of the runners butt dialed nine one one while he was out on his yeah. loop. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, but that that was during the day, and the the cop was like, "What are y'all doing?" <laughs> and then again at night, you know, why why is there a clock that's got forty five hours and it's still going? Was his question, and you know, um, they don't they don't understand that, and. I think I think that was it, and then just us dealing with the rain and moving. We moved we moved Maggie's crew residence several times as because as people dropped, we would get closer would, and closer, closer. <laughs> <laughs> absorb like we absorbed Annie from um, Troy, who was crew in Troy. We absorbed her. <laughs> and then um, we moved tents. We actually, after Amelia dropped, while she was asleep, 
we we completely moved. And when she woke up, thought <laughs> the race had ended, and everybody had gone home because there was nothing left in the tent. You just you just like move you just moved Amelia out of the way like as she's asleep, um, and stole okay, stole her real estate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She said she woke up and didn't know what had happened. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> like drew on her face. Like, I guess we're having a serious part <laughs> serious party out there. Um, yeah. Well. Maggie, congratulations. Gina and Jen, you guys did an awesome job. If, um, yeah, we, we got to catch up at some point. I mean, gosh, you guys probably alone have tons of stories, but Maggie, I mean, you should be super proud of yourself. You had a historic race. Like, that's how I view it. I truly think, um, yeah, your, your name will forever be associated with being the first, you know, big female winner of the last man standing race like you should just be super proud and i know i'm proud of you and i'm just glad i i'm just glad i knew you before you're famous you know probably you're gonna be in all kinds of magazines and no i'm just super proud of you (laughs) thanks thanks rob congratulations on your triple crown oh thank you yeah you're gonna be a natural at that too whenever you decide to go down that route so Thank you guys for your time. And yeah, Maggie, where can people follow you on social media? Got to throw that out there. Um, Instagram and Twitter are at Magatron Runs. Um, and that's it. Sweet. Well, thank you for your time. And yeah, let's stay in touch. We'll we'll uh, try to raise some money next year for another water well or two. Yeah, yeah, I got some cool stuff for like Berkeley paraphernalia. So I'll try to get that up after the holidays. Sweet. Yeah, I'm always on board. So thank you guys. Have a good night. You too. Thank, thank you. you. And that was episode 113. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Big thank you to the three of them for taking so much time. Maggie, as always, you know, enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you to the show sponsors, Hammer Nutrition, Sufferfest Beer, Exoskin, Destination Trail, and Ultimate Direction. Big shout out to all those Patreon supporters. If you want a Training for Ultra sticker, be sure to um, message me within that Facebook group and I will send one out. I want to make sure all the Patreon supporters have one. And yeah. Just appreciate you guys. Check out the wrap that's now available. $10 free shipping within the U.S. And yeah, the uh, the book's on Audible and iTunes. So don't forget to enjoy your training. Have a great week. See you guys.